Hello, everyone, and welcome into another edition of Coach Time here on the Believe Network, a very special edition because the MLB playoffs are starting this week with the Wild Card Series getting underway on October 3rd. And here to help me preview all of that, as well as the ALCS, NLCS, potentially the World Series as well, we'll get a little ahead of ourselves, is Josh Goldberg of The Score, does a terrific job covering the MLB for them. He is based in Toronto and spends a lot of time doing a great job covering the Blue Jays. Josh, welcome into the program. Thanks for joining. Uh, thanks for having me, John. Uh, it's a pleasure. And I want to start, you're based in Toronto. They're playing Minnesota in a kind of odd wildcard series in that Toronto is going to be on the road, but they had a better record than Minnesota this year. The Twins won, if you want to call it, the softest division in baseball in that AL Central this year with 87 wins. I want to get your just kind of initial thoughts on the Blue Jays' path to this playoffs and kind of how you project them against the Twins. Uh, the path has been anything but smooth uh, for them. Much like last year, they entered the season with lofty expectations a lot of people had them certainly in the league championship series if not in the world series or winning the world series uh last year that was the same and it didn't obviously work out they lost um two games in a row at home and got swept by the mariners they had an off season where they prioritized uh, defense and they brought in chris bassett to help solidify the rotation some veterans brandon belt kevin kiermeyer and a lot of those guys performed very well in the regular season and stayed healthy when that hasn't necessarily been the track record for some of them. But the Blue Jays just didn't perform up to expectations offensively. Um, they really had to scrap to make the playoffs, which was unexpected. There was a thought that they would certainly be in contention at the very least, if not win the American League East. And that just didn't happen at all. They got lapped by Baltimore and Tampa Bay. And they sort of limped in. They had help from Seattle on the second to last day of the regular season to clinch their playoff spot. And they're not, I don't think expectations are super high around town and within the fan base. I think a lot of people aren't feeling that great about their prospects just based on the way the regular season went. But looking at the Phillies last year and the Braves in 2021, Strange things sometimes happen in the postseason. It's a short sample size, and you can get hot, and all of a sudden you can find yourself playing deep into October. So obviously I think that's what the Jays are hoping for, and certainly their fans are hoping for as well. Yeah, and it's interesting to me because you know a few years ago when Bo Bichette and Vlad Jr. come up, you think, wow, this is going to be an offensive core that's going to propel them moving forward. But Josh, when I think of the Blue Jays and their chances in the playoffs, I'm thinking of Kevin Gosman and that pitching staff. I mean, Gosman, especially seventh in the league in ERA, second in strikeouts. It's really that pitching staff. I mean, when you look at them matching up against the Twins, do you feel confident in this pitching staff? Which is odd because Alex Manoa gave them nothing all year. But the rest of this staff, how do you feel about them against the Twins? I think you should feel good. I, I understand that a lot of times regular season success is not a precursor to excelling in the postseason because it's just it's completely different there's a it's just it's way more taxing it's way more stressful every pitch matters every out matters obviously and pitchers are deployed much more aggressively at least in terms of the bullpen in, in the playoffs but you look at how the blue jays are probably going to line up their their rotation in the best of three it's going to be gosman in game one and then we'll see what happens in some order it will be chris bassett and jose brios in game two and game three which is a very strong alignment the thing is minnesota has a good pitching staff of their own pablo lopez is going to get the start in game one he had a very good year sunny gray i think is going to 
probably get top three Cy Young votes, whether it's second or third. He had a, a, the best season of his career. And Joe Ryan's a very talented pitcher as well. And you would expect that he's going to start one of the games. So it's going to be a, it, it, like the more I think about it, it's a really evenly matched series. Both teams certainly have deficiencies, uh, whether it's the Blue Jays on offense, the Twins are dealing with some injuries on that side of the ball. But both teams can really pitch. The Twins have found uh, some really nice arms out of the bullpen, especially in September. They've posted some good numbers there. So I think it's uh, the type of series that is more likely than not to go the full three games. And a lot of the games I expect uh, there's a pretty good chance that they're going to be nip and tuck and undecided in the late stages. Yeah, I'm glad you brought up the Twins' health. I think that's the real X factor in this series with Carlos Correa, Byron Buxton, Royce Lewis, Brock Stewart, all dealing with some sort of injury heading into the playoffs. None of them are fully healthy. And I think for the Blue Jays, that's an area they can really take advantage of. Like if Correa and Buxton and Lewis, those guys aren't fully healthy in that lineup, that's a huge advantage for the Jays. And you're right. I mean, both of these teams do have their deficiencies and their frustrations throughout the year. So when you look at this series, you said all games are going to be close. Who who do you think wins it? I, I'm going with the Jays in three. Um, I'm not, I wouldn't say I feel great about that pick. I don't think you should ever feel great about your predictions in the postseason because how many people had the Phillies going to the World Series yeah, last year? 87 it, win team. Right? Exactly. It just, it, it's not usually, especially of late in this increased parody era, it seems like in Major League Baseball where oftentimes the best regular season team, the most dominant regular season team doesn't end up going on to win the World Series. Uh, I have the Jays in three. I, I think that there's going to be a strong contingent of Blue Jays fans in Minnesota. It's not too far from the prairies in Western Canada. I think there's going to be a pilgrimage of, of Blue Jays fans making the trek. I think it's going to be a, a really good atmosphere. I think it's uh, certainly going to be a better atmosphere than it would be if the Blue Jays ended up playing the Rays again at Tropicana Field. I, I think it's going to be, it might be the most interesting series in, in terms of the wild card round. I, I think you could make arguments for all the other ones, but this one just seems like both sides uh, can really... I guess at times take advantage of the other's weaknesses, but they're also strong in some of the same areas. There's some overlap there as well. So I just think it's going to be a really interesting kind of uh, nip and tuck type of series back and forth that uh, uh, will be very entertaining, I would think. Yeah, I kind of have a weird take on this and that I'm picking the Blue Jays to win this series, but I do think if the Twins win, we could see them in the ALCS. Like I, I think it's like almost the Blue Jays are going to be their tougher stumbling block. So weird take by me, but I just weird take around the Twins team. You mentioned Tampa Bay, and it feels like everything that could gone could have gone wrong for Tampa Bay this year on the injury front and the off the field front did right. They have the major questions right with Wander Franco. They lose multiple pitchers, and yet here they are hosting in the wild card round when. You match them up with Texas. I, I Look, Texas, to me, they came out of the gates really strong. They end up making the playoffs. But of all the playoff teams, they have the worst bullpen ERA, yet they have a great offense. I just – I find it hard to see Texas beating Tampa in this series because I think the lineups are pretty evenly matched, and Texas pitching has some real questions. I, I want to, though – like, how do you feel about Tampa and Texas and, and if Texas can match up with them? I don't love Texas's chances, to be totally honest. I, I understand that their offense is certainly capable of putting up crooked numbers. They led the league in a lot of offensive categories for most of the season. But 
down the stretch, they were really inconsistent. And you could see what happened even in Seattle. They get shut down completely on Sunday when a win would have clinched them the division and a bye through the wild card round. They just scuffled for the most part. It was They were very, very inconsistent. And Tampa Bay is lined up in a way that they can really take advantage of your weaknesses, whether it's offense, defense, pitching. That's always been the Rays calling card is that they put pressure on you throughout the game for all nine innings and find a way to do enough to win a lot of ball games. And it hasn't always translated to the postseason. You think outside of really 2020 of late, they haven't had much in the way of postseason success. They've crashed out relatively early. They lost in the wild card round last year to Cleveland. They lost to the Ray, uh, the Red Sox in 2021 when yeah. they were the team that uh, was heavily favored, won more than 100 games. But I just think that the matchup, Texas's pitching is really banged up right now. I don't know what John Gray's status is. He left his last start of the regular season and uh, I think has a forearm issue. So you would expect that's probably not something that's all that likely in terms of him making an impact in this series. Uh, Max Scherzer is obviously hurt. We know the story with DeGrom. There's a lot of question marks uh, in, in the rotation, and we know the bullpen. They converted well under 50% of their save opportunities this year. Every time they had a lead past the fifth or sixth inning, it was basically just hold your breath and hope for the best. And there's not a lot of reason to think that that's going to all of a sudden be better when the lights are the brightest and the pressure is at its highest. So uh, I actually think Tampa Bay wins this series pretty convincingly, and I would be surprised if it went longer than two games. Yeah, and, and Texas' biggest strength, they're fourth in runs and third in, excuse me, they're second in average and third in runs, but then Tampa's fourth in runs and third in average. So Tampa can match them in the lineup, and you know you hit the nail on the head with the pitching issues that Texas has. So I, I agree. I think Tampa, I don't want to say breezes through this series, but I think you're right. It's a convincing win by Tampa in this series. I, I do think we have a couple really interesting wild card series on the NL side of things. And I want to start with that Milwaukee in Arizona series, because Milwaukee is a team that I think has sneaky World Series potential with that front end of the rotation. And they have some pop offensively, especially since the trade deadline. But Arizona is a team that started out the year really hot. They have co-aces, if you will, in Zach Allen and Merrill Kelly. So when you look at this series, I mean, I, do you think Milwaukee is just like they are a little bit ahead of Arizona? Or can this Arizona group with the potential rookie of the year and Carroll and the two co-aces, can they overtake the Brewers? I, I think this could be an interesting series. I, I assume a lot of people are going to take Milwaukee because of their pitching. Their bullpen's really good, too. It has been all year, obviously. Uh, they have Devin Williams, who might be the best relief pitcher in baseball. And if he's not, he's right up near the top. And you look at the way that they can line up their rotation in whatever order it is with Corbin Burns, who's won a Cy Young, Brandon Woodruff, who's really good, and Freddie Peralta, who's also really good. That's tough sledding for the D-backs. And they had a really inconsistent second half. They struggled offensively. Corbin Carroll really slumped and then heated back up. I don't know how healthy he is with that shoulder issue. But Cattell Marte had a great year. Christian Walker is one of the most underrated sluggers in Major League Baseball. And they run a lot. They're, they're really fast. And they're going to be aggressive if they get on the base pass. And it's the type of team that can really wreak havoc in October if they're able to use that to their advantage. I probably still, on the whole, would give the edge to Milwaukee. But it wouldn't surprise me in the least if Arizona wins this series. 
Yeah, I, I kind of agree with you. I, I give an edge to Milwaukee, but there's a lot to like about Arizona. And there's been a lot made about Baltimore losing 110 games a couple of years ago. I mean, Arizona was right there with them. And now they're in the playoffs. It's been an impressive turnaround for them. But I, I agree. I kind of give Milwaukee a slight edge there. And then the team that was in the World Series last year from the NL in Philly, they win 90 games, but because the Braves are in their division and are a juggernaut, they end up as a wild card team hosting another divisional foe in Miami. It feels like Philly has totally flipped a switch in September. And they, they were solid before that, but they've gone to another level. They have 46 home runs in September. That's third in the major leagues. They have 39 steals. That's first. It just feels like they're starting to elevate themselves to that level they got to last year when they made it to the World Series. When you look at this Miami team, I mean, do you see shades of, you know, an upset? We've seen Miami before have young teams and, and win World Series with good young pitching staffs. Or is this Philly team just too strong right now and playing too well? I believe that every time the Marlins have made the playoffs in a full 162 game season, they've won the World Series. Or or I I, I might like I, I it hasn't happened since 2003. And they then, didn't make the playoffs very yeah. often. They made it in 2020 in the COVID season. They beat the Cubs, and I think it was a wild card series. Yeah. But they rarely make the playoffs in a full season. They've basically been in a weird sort of purgatory of rebuilding basically for their entire existence. I wouldn't be stunned, I would say, if they made it competitive. They're a scrappy team, and you think the Phillies certainly have the advantage offensively. They're the way deeper team. But you look one through five and even one through six – the Marlins can hit. Arise won the batting title. Soler is a great slugger. Josh Bell's been a huge addition since they got him from Cleveland. Jazz Chisholm's healthy. Jake Berger was a really good pickup um, as well from the White Sox. And they have some other guys down in the lineup. The, the issue I have is pitching and the injury to Sandy Alcantara, who I know didn't have a great year. And uh, Yuri Perez, the rookie, is also on the IL with a shoulder issue, and I don't think he's going to pitch. You're asking an awful lot beyond Jesus Lazardo, who's really good, of Braxton Garrett, Edward Cabrera, Johnny Cueto, some combination of those guys, to do enough uh, to allow your bullpen, which has been pretty good, to, to have enough of a runway with a lead to win a game. I just think the Phillies' offense is, is too deep, and they come at you in waves that I just don't think the Marlins' pitching is going to be able to hold up enough. And even if their offense performs, I, I just think that the pitching is under too much pressure with so many guys out, so many key guys out, that I, I just have a hard time seeing Philly uh, not ending up advancing. Yeah, I mean, if it wasn't for Atlanta, we might be looking at that Phillies lineup in a different line. I mean, Bryce Harper, Trey Turner, Kyle Schwarber, Real Muto, Castellanos. I mean, that is a loaded lineup to have to go against and without your full complement of guys in the Marlins. I mean, that's tall order for Miami. To, but like you said, when they make the playoffs in full seasons, they have a habit of winning the World Series. So I guess they get their money's worth in the playoffs, at least. Josh, we've talked through these wild card series. I want to zoom out, though. And look at, so you have Baltimore, right? You have Houston, Atlanta, and LA. Four great teams kind of sitting there and waiting in the division series. Now, first, are, are you one of those people like many? Do you look at this as this is the Braves are the team to beat right now and they're the everyone, the top dog? Uh, honestly, no. I, okay. I'm probably All the right. contrarian here. I, I understand that conventional wisdom would suggest that the Braves should be the prohibitive favorite after the regular season that they had. I just think that 
this was a really good team last year as well, offensively, not quite as dominant or not, not nearly as dominant, but a lot of the same principles were here. And I, my major issue is pitching with them. There's some real question marks in, in the rotation. I know Max Fried is supposed to be back with the blister issue. Charlie Morton is not, it doesn't seem like he's got a finger issue as well. He's not going to pitch in the um, NLDS. And, I just think that there's a chance again, it's going to be the Phillies and Braves fans should be concerned if that's the case. That to me is just not the best matchup in the world. There's some playoff scar tissue there. Uh, Spencer Strider really struggled against the Phillies in the playoffs last year. And he was prone to some blowups, even though he was still really dominant and set a franchise record for strikeouts this season. I like, I, I, I just, I'm picking the Phillies to make it to the NLCS and I'm probably in the real minority on that. But I just think that there's something kind of itching at me that says that the Braves might be set up for uh, a big disappointment. Well, I find that really interesting because most folks, you know, they look at this Braves team and they've been dominant. It feels like in every area, but you bring up an interesting point that this is a Phillies team that has already beaten them in the playoffs. They have, some pitching questions, at least the Braves do, and I think those are fair questions to point out. So if that's the case, if you're looking at the Phillies to beat the Braves, do you look at this as the Phillies are going to make a World Series? Do you look at the Dodgers are going to be able to kind of, I don't want to say backdoor their way in, but get in without having to face the Braves here in the NL? I'm I'm picking the Dodgers to win the World Series, and okay. uh, I, I just think that they were the team to beat last year and they were the team to beat in 2021. They had so much talent, right? They got Scherzer and Turner a couple of years ago. And then last year they were so loaded uh, with guys. And then this year they had a really quiet off season. Everyone was thinking, Oh, well, they're just kind of keeping their powder for Otani, which is certainly the case. They're, they're going to make a monster run at him. And they've had a ton of injuries. Walker Bueller's missed the entire season. Dustin may has missed. Basically. I think he's been out for, several months as well. Tony Gonsolin had Tommy John surgery. Uh, Julio Arias is on uh, the administrative list. They're relying on some rookies in their rotation. You know, By Bobby, the way, not to cut you off, but yeah. those four guys you named, I mean, that's an elite rotation Absolutely. in itself, missing Absolutely. time, but the depth is amazing with them. Yeah, this is what they do, right? They churn prospects out and then figure out a way to trade the ones that maybe they think are capped or have their pathway blocked and then address some some areas of weakness through trade and then the ones that they think can make an impact come up and you look bobby miller's been really good for the most part there have been some hiccups but he's got a really good fastball developing off-speed stuff there are question marks in the rotation no question about it if the dodgers don't have a successful october it's probably going to be because their starting pitching wasn't good enough but i'm just there's something about this season they weren't expected to be that great everyone was talking about the padres and they cruised to the division and won 100 games again and i don't think a lot of people are going to be looking at them i think a lot of people will obviously look at the braves and i think a lot of people will look at uh, the phillies and i think some people will say oh well if milwaukee wins they're set up really nicely to beat the Dodgers in the NLDS. I just think that the Dodgers are flying under the radar this year, and it seems very on brand for them to have a breakthrough when everyone is writing them off or not paying attention to them. So that, I think, is part of the reason that it just feels like this the stars might be aligning for them to have a special October. Yeah, and I think if this Dodgers team, the one – Real criticism is that, hey, when they won the World Series, it was the COVID year and a shortened yeah. year in neutral fields. Now 
that gets erased if you win it any time in the future, but including this year when it's funny, they win a hundred games, they have Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman, but you're right. I mean, the Padres were the hype team in the NL West to start the year. Arizona got off to a big start. The Braves have been great all year. The Dodgers, despite winning a hundred games have kind of been in the background and that's a really dangerous place for the rest of the NL because if the Dodgers pounce, I mean, that's still an elite, elite organization Mm -hmm. coming at you. So you have them winning the World Series, which I find really interesting. Who are they going to beat, though, Josh? I mean, the AL, to me, they're, they're pretty wide open. Oh, big time. I, I, there's, I, to me, I don't, I don't know if there's actually a great AL team. There are teams that have great components, but I don't, I, I, I should admit that the Orioles are great. They had a great season. Some of their offensive numbers, defy expectation they don't rank that great in some categories but they have just found a way they their bullpen era didn't really decline after felix batista got hurt everyone else has picked up the slack they have a pretty nice one-two punch in the rotation with uh, kyle bradish and grayson rodriguez and obviously there's a lot of young talent a lot of people are probably picking them to make the alcs or maybe the Rays. i'm i just will not pick against the astros until somebody actually beats them before the ALCS. And honestly, this year, if they get there, I just wouldn't pick against them uh, with their track record. I'm just not going to do it. So I have the Dodgers beating the Astros as sort of a revenge of sorts for 2017. And that would be a really juicy World Series. Obviously, everyone still hammers the Astros because of the cheating scandal, even though basically all but two guys, I believe, are are left from that yeah. uh from that team but obviously that's going to follow them i think forever or at least for a very long time and it would be just littered with awesome storylines if, if that was the case so I, i've got the dodgers beating the astros all right very interesting and josh last question i want to ask you you cover baseball for a living do a great job for it with the score this year was a monumental year in baseball with the rule changes mm-hmm. on the, the pitch clock the bases I just wanted to get your kind of overall thoughts this year of the rule changes and their impact. Couldn't say uh, enough good things. Uh, It just couldn't have gone any better. Games were shorter. I know some people think that it changed the integrity of the game or whatever. I don't, I've never really bought that. You're just kind of cutting out some of the unnecessary fluff, dead air in between pitches, guys shaking off signs, taking a while to get on track. Um, with their pitcher or with their catcher stepping off, putting rosin on the ball or on their hand, throwing over to first base a lot. I just think that you've streamlined the best parts of the game. And it's not as though it's an hour shorter. We're talking about 25, 30 minutes. And I think somewhere around 240, two hours, 40 minutes is a really optimal length of, of game time. I will be very interested to see how the postseason goes. I, I think the games will probably be a little bit longer because obviously the, the commercial breaks for TV purposes are longer. But I, I think the days of seeing four and a half hour, four hour and 20 postseason games uh, are probably over. And I think we're better off for it. And I haven't missed the shift. The bigger bases led to a 40 homer, 70 stolen base season for Ronald Acuna Jr. I just think the game was better this year. It was more exciting. Attendance was way up as well. I think people, by and large, really enjoyed the rule changes. And kudos to Major League Baseball. Commissioner Ron Manfred has had plenty of missteps over his time, but this was a, a huge win for him and for the league, and, and they should be proud of uh, of the job that they've done in, in year one of these changes. 
Yeah, for me, as just a baseball fan, I found it much more enjoyable to watch this year. And I, I think a whole new generation is finding it much more enjoyable to watch. And I feel like, too, like there was some complaints earlier in the year about the rule changes, the bases, whatever. And then by like July, we didn't hear about it anymore. Like everyone got used to it. And a lot of these younger players dealt with this stuff in the minors anyway. So it's not anything new for them uh, at all. Josh. It was a pleasure talking to you. That's Josh Goldberg of The Score, covers the Blue Jays as well as the rest of the MLB for them. And uh, he has the Dodgers over the Astros. But what I found most interesting is that the Braves need to watch out for the Phillies. Josh, it was a pleasure having you on. Thanks for taking the time. Appreciate it. Enjoy the chat, John. All right. That's it for Coach Time today. Big thank you to Josh Goldberg. We'll be back next time with a preview of the NHL season. <laughs>